Welcome, welcome, welcome! I'm Paria, one of your three great hosts, and today you're here with another episode of Chill Spell. This episode is about anxiety. This question is a tough question. I don't know what to talk about. It's your choice. Do you want to talk about how you're feeling? Do you want to talk about what you've been doing? Mm, to be honest, my sleep schedule has gotten worse. And no. everything's falling apart. And to be honest, like I feel on edge a lot. So when I'm supposed to relax, um, I'm just really, really on edge when I'm not supposed to. For example, like, Right now, you guys are just relaxing and stuff, but then, like, I just kind of, I don't know, it's, like, I always have my guard up for some reasons, like, because it's either I have my guard up and I don't say anything, or I do what I'm doing right now, so, like, but I can't do what I'm doing right now with everyone, right, so then I would just have my guard up in a lot of situations, so just tying back into the topic of anxiety, not just because it's our topic, but because I've experienced some feelings of that lately, it's just, I'm kind of anxious about the future a lot and um, how I can kind of prevent these failures. But I know that preventing failures isn't really the best way to go because you learn from them, you know, you grow from them. If you never fail, that's, you'll never really learn in the most, most profound way, I think. But I just, I'm still worrying like about this podcast too, because, um, you know, I don't know how to really put it out there and really make the impact that we want to make because we're doing this for other people, sure. But how do we actually know that we're helping them? How do we actually know that we're accomplishing our mission? So there's so many questions, but no answers. And I know that I always push the idea of, oh, having a lot of questions is good, but it can be scary when there's just so much that's unknown and you're stuck in there like, whoa, what is this? I don't know which direction I should take and it's just kind of scary. So that it's kind of anxiety inducing sometimes. It's kind of, I, I always kind of always think about still like what other people will think. For example, they'll think, oh, Nancy, why are you even doing a podcast? You know, you're, you're not even knowledgeable enough or something to, to do it. And that like, there's like so much competition out there. And like what makes you special? You're not special or something along the lines of, oh, you're just doing this for, let's say, university applications just for your resume. You know, there's no other reason why you'd be doing it. And just, just for you to kind of, I don't know, but I, I can just imagine people saying that and it doesn't make me feel very good. It just makes me want to kind of hide back in my shell because um, recently I've been trying to really put myself out there more and like as always like I, I tell everyone you know learn to be comfortable you know what I'm saying like learn I feel like you can never really fully achieve that 100% because honestly like perfection is unattainable but we can keep on improving so that's what I've been trying to do lately every time I kind of think back to the people saying what they said before and like imagining what people would say then I kind of want to just hide back <laughs> like as in like you know those hermit crabs just crawl back in my shell 
for me as well, I just feel like everything is just so overwhelming these days. And I always get this question, which is what are you going to do in your future? What are your passions? What do you plan to be in the future? And I just, I still don't know how to answer that. I understand kind of what you're saying about how something's always on your mind. And the only advice I can really give is just, you have to give yourself a break once in a while. And I know that's like, everyone has been saying that you've probably been telling that to yourselves as well, right? Like improving yourself and making yourself better every day. It includes giving yourself breaks. What do you guys think about that? Um, you see, it also ties back to the guilt of taking breaks. Like I know we already talked about this. I honestly, I am, I am a hypocrite for telling other people to be like this way, but I'm not even this way yet. I maybe work from, if I wake up before noon from, let's say, 1 p.m. to like 10 p.m. And then afterwards, I would just take a break because I haven't really taken a break in a day. And then I would take a break for, let's say, six hours from like 10 p.m. to like 4 a.m. And then I think, wow, Nancy, look, you're taking a break for six hours. You should feel good, right? Feel good, feel good. My body's like, no, Nancy, you're so exhausted. You're so burnt out. You're so tired. You don't feel good. But then my brain is like, well, you're supposed to look six hours. I gave this time to you. What did you do with it? You took a break. Why don't you feel rejuvenated? And so then it's like my body's fighting with my mind and soul. And it doesn't feel good. Um, And also, like, take breaks, take breaks. Um, you know, you can actually view sleep as a break. I feel like a lot of people do view sleep as a break. I think you're, it's, it's good to view sleep as a break, but I, I don't view sleep as a break. I kind of view sleep as kind of a reward in a sense. So if I feel like I haven't accomplished enough in the day, then I would punish myself by not sleeping. So for example, like I do naturally get tired at 12 p.m but I don't sleep at 12 p.m. I mean, no, not the 12 p.m., 12 a.m. But then, so I feel like I haven't really been productive. Then I force myself to stay awake and kind of change that. But then when I do that, the time that I spent doing something isn't really productive and it's not the most efficient. It's not that, it's not the best I could be because I'm really in really tired mental and physical state, but I still force myself to stay awake. So then it just prolongs the time that I actually need to do a task. So it kind of makes me um, mentally frustrated and stuff. So then I don't end up getting enough sleep and then the cycle just repeats again. So don't get enough sleep, really groggy, tired, can't perform at best, don't feel like being productive and then push myself by not getting enough sleep and then it just repeats and repeats and repeats. And sometimes I know I'm in full control of my life, but these habits, is it feels like it's so internalized that... I feel like I'm not even the one controlling my life. I feel like someone is has, has like a remote control and is controlling my every move. Like Nancy, now you're going to go eat five pieces of chocolate. I don't care if it doesn't make you happy. You're hungry. Just eat five pieces of chocolate or something along the lines of, oh, now you're tired. Time to go on your phone for 30 minutes. But then when it, when the timer hits 31 minutes, you're like, oh, okay, I already ruined it. Let's just do five hours. So yeah, that's what I feel like. Maybe we should reword like taking a break. Maybe instead of that, we should say rest your body and your mind. Because, okay, to to you, Nancy, what does taking a break mean? Just not really worrying about anything. Because, okay, this science test I have on Tuesday, 
which I usually don't get that stressed by tests, but it's just that when your expectations, like again, when your expectations don't align with your actual performance, that can just make you really upset, especially when the expectations are higher. So it's just that, like I am aiming for a hundred percent average. I already ruined it, but my teacher specified that um, if he sees a good work ethics, we're completing all our homework, everything like that. If we have like a ninety-eight or ninety-nine, then he'll consider bumping it up to a hundred. So I'm like, okay, there's hope, there's hope. But with hope, there's a lot of pressure because then. I literally only have one test left, so I either have to get a hundred, or I don't get a hundred, and that thing is ruined. I might end up with like a ninety-eight or ninety-nine average, and that's, that really bugs me. So just so much pressure that I give myself. I feel like I my parents don't put that much pressure on me, or maybe they did when I was younger, and I kind of it shifted my perspective into doing the same for myself. But right now, they're not giving me that much pressure. Just mostly me putting pressure on myself to do well and stuff and just like the very little things for example even sending a message to someone I stress over that um I used to reply right away but now even if I see it I kind of wait and kind of try to conjure the most polished response I don't really do that with with my close friends like you guys but to everyone else I would have to like sometimes I would even um, use the thesaurus to search up for like the right word like it's Nancy it's just the message it doesn't really matter but I do that and I spend so much time on that I can spend 30 minutes just trying to send one message to a person I'm not that familiar with and it feels horrible and check it over and over again you know spelling grammar errors everything the punctuation it's like the vibe it just it feels like something's controlling me. you have to make everything perfect and it just feels terrible Alrighty, apparently it's my turn now. So, anxiety, anxiety. What can I tell you guys about anxiety? I can tell you a lot of things about anxiety. I've experienced it firsthand. I know how it feels. And I know how stressed anxiety can be. But I'm not saying that I don't feel it today or anything. Because I do. I, I, I sometimes do. But through the experiences of the past... I was able to find some coping mechanisms that I'll be sharing with you guys today. So, let me bring you guys back to 1970, just kidding, to when I was a 6th grader. So, if you ask my 6th grader self that I'll be sharing this story with a bunch of strangers on a podcast, I'd be pretty shocked. And I think that you'd be lying, because there was no way I'd be telling you guys this. You know, it's interesting. Life is really interesting in this aspect. When you're dealing with something in that moment, you feel like it's something huge, something that nobody will ever understand. But then after a while, after time passes by and you grow older, you start to realize that it has been such a small problem such a small thing and i'll probably be talking a lot about this later because yeah you know <laughs> you know me but yeah that that's how it goes all right let's get started 
All right, let's get started with my sixth grader self. So when I was in sixth grade, I had a problem and a huge problem indeed. I had problem sleeping. And I'd say why. It was all because of anxiety. So when I was in sixth grade, I always thought that I have to grow up, I have to pass high school, I have to get accepted into the best universities, and then I have to get a job and a good family and a, a good salary to pay for stuff, and then like be a famous person and make a lot of money and blah blah blah. And for that to happen, I thought that I needed to sleep at 9 p.m. sharp. And I'll tell you where I got that idea from. Um, in TV, you see that some successful people have these routines and sleep and get like good sleep so that their brains could function the next day and they could do all these cool stuff. And I thought to myself, my sixth grader self thought that if I managed to sleep at 9 p.m. sharp and wake up at like 6 a.m., I'd get my nine hours, I'd be pretty fresh, my brain would not be damaged or something, and I'd be really ready for an amazing day at school. That's what I thought. But here's where it got a little dangerous. I thought to myself, what if I couldn't sleep? So here's how I thought about this. I thought that I might not be able to sleep after 9 p.m. And this is where it got a little worse. If it was like 9.05, I thought to myself, Paria, what if you won't be able to sleep? And what if because you won't you weren't able to sleep, you failed that, that test tomorrow? And what if because you failed that test, you 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 failed the semester? And what if because you failed the semester, you fail sixth grade or something? And what if because you failed sixth grade, you wouldn't be able to go to seventh grade, therefore you would drop out? What if because you dropped out, you couldn't go to a good university? And what if because you couldn't go to a university, you would be a a, a homeless without money and a disappointment to your family person? What 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 if these these things happen and that created such an anxiety for the sixth grader me it was hell and interestingly as you might have guessed i couldn't sleep because i was worried of not sleeping so you can imagine how it was for my parents they had to turn off the tv at 9 p.m they had to go to bed at 9 p.m they had to be super quiet. My family had to be super quiet, not make a noise, not turn on a light. Because if I woke up, then um, I, I couldn't sleep. If, it's, it, if it was like 10, 10, then I wouldn't be able to sleep. And then, and then, and then, and then. So I am grateful for that experience. Because today I sit in front of you, well, figuratively, talking about the mechanisms that have helped me so very much. And I want you guys to have that so that we can prevent another sixth grader and me. So let's get started. So as you have realized, I use the word what if a lot. And that's just it. We use the word what if way too much 
We give it way too much power. What if is unreal? And I'll explain that in a little while. So, here we go. First mechanism. Get out of your thought traffic. By thought, I mean the what-ifs. The what-ifs are like cars. They come passing by and they carry all these cool stuff. Or maybe not really cool stuff. And instead of just standing in their way, trying to make them turn around, just come out of the road and look at them pass by. And I'll tell you, they will pass by. Only if you don't stop in front of them. Just get out of the way and let them go. Let them go. And by this I mean my sixth grader self, she should have let go of these what-ifs. She shouldn't have tried to stop them or to oblige or to just get on the, uh, the ride and just like ride with the car or something. And she should have just got out of the road and watched them pass by. Let your what-ifs pass by. You don't need to get involved. And I know it's probably harder than I'm... But just get out of that road and let it pass. You know, don't judge it. Don't judge it. Let it pass. That was my first um, coping mechanism that I learned. The second one I really like. And I think Audrey is a fan of it too. So the second one is like this. Live in the moment. And I know you have heard that a lot. I know, I know, I know. But I come bearing gifts. Let me give you a quote from Master Ugwe in Kung Fu Panda. You have to watch that show if you have not already. But the quote goes like this. Let me deepen my voice once again. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. I find, and I'll explain this quote in a little bit, but I find that all our anxiety, or all my anxiety perhaps, because I don't like journalizing and stuff, it might be just me, but I find that all my anxiety comes from one fear. The fear of the future, the fear of the unknown, of the uncertainty that the future presents. That uncertainty, that makes me anxious. And I'm sure it makes a lot of people anxious. I know, I know. I get you. Our world would be nothing without the uncertainty. Think of a world without excitement, without energy, without motivation, without light, without anything. That wouldn't be a world at all. A world without uncertainty would be boring. Just as perfectionists, just as boring stuff are. Just like how boring it is to be stuck in a traffic or just stay in a line or something. That would be a boring world. And there's this quote by Miss Kate Blanchett that I would really like to share with you guys. 
and it's beautiful. So let me deepen my voice a little. Okay, that's good. I am happiest when I don't know what's coming next. All right, next one. <laughs> I realized that the sixth grader self, me, I aimed for perfection. That is where all problems, well, not all, all problems, but some problems arise and originate. So we, as human beings, aim for perfection, at least some of us. Some of us aim for perfection, and I certainly did back then. I thought that I have to pass high school with the best marks ever. I had to get accepted into the best university in the world. I have to get accepted in, I don't know, I have to have the best job in the world. I have to have the best family, a lot of money, and a lot of fame in order to be my perfect self. I realized that I've been trying so hard to be perfect that I'd forgotten that the best version of myself was enough. That all I could do is my best, not my perfect thing. That all I could be was my best self. Alright, next coping mechanism. I'm probably talking a little too much. I apologize. So, next piece of information. I, as a 6th grader, thought that I might not be able to get a good grade on my test tomorrow and just fail it, right? But the truth is that I have no way of knowing it. There's actually a short story I wanted to tell you guys about. Um, it's beautiful. I know I'm probably taking some time out of your daily lives. This is important. Let's get started with the story. So if I remember correctly, there was this farmer once. And one day his horses, his three horses ran away. The villagers came, they told the old man, Oh, I'm so sorry, this is so bad. I'm, I'm really, really sorry for what happened. The only thing the old man said was, Maybe. He went inside. The next day, the horses came with a bunch of new horses. And he had like 10 now. He had 10 horses instead of 3. Again, the villagers came, they said, Oh, old man, this is so amazing. I am so happy for you. This is so good. And again, the old man said, maybe. And then he went in. The next day, the farmer's son was playing with one of the wild horses the other horses had brought back. And he fell down and broke his leg hysterically. It was so bad. And then the villagers came and they said, Oh my god, old man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this shouldn't have happened. I'm so sorry. This is so bad. And then the old man said, Maybe. And he went in, inside, as you have guessed. The next day, the soldiers came. They were looking for young men able to fight for the country. They came to take the youngest son of the old man away, the one that broke his leg. But they suddenly saw that he had a broken leg. They said, oh, well, we can't use you. We don't want any dead weights. Let's just leave you here. Then, as you might have guessed, the villagers came again. 
they said, oh my god, old man, you're so lucky. I mean, they've taken our sons, they've taken our horses, they've taken our everything. This is so good for you. That's so amazing. The old man said, maybe. And I don't remember the rest of the story. I think that's it. But that's just it. <laughs> you know, that's just it. I was talking about how we fear the unknown and the uncertainty of the future. Here's where I wanted to add another point, another mechanism. Whenever you're feeling anxious, stop and think. Maybe. Maybe this thing that I'm, ha I, I, I'm, I'm thinking will happen. Maybe. I have no way of knowing that it won't happen. Because some people think that if they say, no, 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 this is not going to happen. Like, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. No. There's no way of knowing. There's no way of knowing that the future wouldn't be cruel, that it wouldn't be bad, that it wouldn't be good. There's no way of knowing. And there's also no way of knowing that the future wouldn't be bad. That would be amazing. That it would be fascinating and fantastic and awesome in every single way. And that is where the power of the world maybe comes in. Maybe this happens. Maybe it doesn't. And once you accept this, with the help of your imagination, and when you can picture that, that maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. And you accept the fact that it might happen or it might not. Then I think that's where you come to a state of calm because you're certain of something again. You're certain that if you face that future, you will be ready and you will be prepared because you're considering it. And also you're not. So acceptance at that moment, I feel like it's very important. So back to our story, to my sixth grader self. I started thinking to myself, Parya, th this, this can't be happening to you right now. It's all your fault. It's your fault. You should be guilty and ashamed of yourself. And that's kind of my last point. Forgiveness. Whatever happens throughout this journey, remember, maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's something in the middle. Maybe it's not at all. Just remember and forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. It's important. Forgive yourself, people. That, that, that's important. Forgive yourself. So huh, let me just tell you how I solved it, the sixth grader self. So after two months of not being able, able to sleep and it was getting really bad. Um, it was getting really bad. I, I think I cried um because i couldn't sleep because i was anxious i my heart was pounding super hard and yeah, yeah th th this wasn't getting getting in a, any better and so i thought to myself one night i don't know what happened i think it was from god i thought to myself hey paria if you stay awake tonight you'll be able to study for the test tomorrow and you'll pass with even better grades how about that? Do you want to stay awake? And that was when I finally got to sleep. And that is how today, whenever I want to go to sleep, I have the most beautiful dreams and I'm calm. And I'm not anxious anymore. And yeah, I think that's the end of my story. And there are many more stories to come. I might 
I have a I have a pretty interesting life. I might tell you guys about more stories later, but that's it for today.